Hi, good morning. My name is Shegun Aegusi, and I am a pastor and the director and founder of the Gathering Faith Leadership Network. We are a uh, pastoral training ministry that's located in the city of Jos in Plateau State in Nigeria. And our vision is to equip, encourage, and strengthen pastors and ministry leaders. And so in today's podcast, I want to talk to us about uh, what I describe as four warning signs that your church might be smelling like dead people. So stick with me for a little bit. That'll make sense. Um, On April 3rd, several weeks ago, I was watching TV and man, I saw one of the most lavish, um, opulent, multi-million dollar spectacle I've ever seen in my life. Like um, it, it took place in Egypt and it was called the Pharaoh's Golden Parade. So basically the National Museum of Egyptian Civilization was transporting 22 mummies from one old museum to a new one. Now, in case you don't know what those are, mummies are really, really old dead people who are wrapped up in cloth. They died a long time ago. But but these mummies on this particular program were not just any mummies. These were old dead kings and pharaohs of Egypt from like different eras many years ago. There were like 18 kings and four queens and man this parade was the spectacle of all spectacles i mean it was being done in style the security that surrounded the transportation of these mummies is the kind of security that you would expect if you know like the queen of england came to visit you know osho di lagos or or genta mangora here in jaws or or perhaps the queen came to visit in uh, kaduna like it's that it's that kind of security not only that man this parade had luxury vehicles it had women dressed as feral servants it was just an extravagant parade that looked like an actual king was being born Now, I am not a boring person. Like, I enjoy a good party. I enjoy a good show, especially an outdoor party. And I definitely appreciate history. But I got to tell you, as I was watching this parade, I couldn't help but notice the irony in the lavishness that was being spent on corpses. Like, despite all the shiny glitz and glamour surrounding the relocation of these dead kings, I couldn't help but keep thinking to myself, each and every one of those mighty kings, those once mighty kings and queens, will still remain dead. And of course, as a pastor, I'm, I'm looking at this not only as a TV show, but I'm, I'm filtering it spiritually. And so I'm thinking, like, it struck me, and I, and I fear that the Pharaoh's Golden Parade may be a realistic picture of the morbid reality surrounding the global church today. Let me use the Nigerian church as a case study. Um, I don't know if you know this, but there are already more Christians in Africa than any other continent. Uh, Specifically, Nigeria's Christian population, which is already the largest on the continent, is projected by the Pew Research Center. Uh, Nigeria's Nigeria's Christian population is projected to double by 2060. I mean, it's already the biggest in the world, and we're going to be doubling in 2060. Now, if you have visited Nigeria lately or you're in Nigeria, you've probably already witnessed this growth firsthand, right? I mean, the the explosion in the number of church structures across big cities and rural areas is just 
unmistakable. I mean, there's literally a, a church on every street corner. In fact, in some instances, and some of you know this, some mega church sites, and I wouldn't mention those names, but some mega churches are about the size of small cities, right? Complete with their own police force. Some of them have like a campground where they have their own police force, their residential housing. They have their own garbage collection, supermarket, banks, and, and post office. I mean, talk about having the church's golden parade. Now, here's why I point all this lavishness out. With this level of Christian saturation in Nigeria, one would expect that the gospel should have permeated every aspect of Nigerian society, right? Like with a church on just about every street corner, including street preachers and Christian ministries in between, it would seem that Nigeria should be a shining beacon of Christian hope for the nations, right? Like, I mean, nations should be coming to us and we should be sending people, right? Well, unfortunately not. According to the Corruption Perception Index uh, 2020, which is basically uh, an organization that keeps track of how corrupt nations are, according to them, uh, Nigeria, guess what title Nigeria, or what position Nigeria holds on the list of most corrupt nations? Ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, Nigeria holds the second, number two, in the number of most corrupt countries in West Africa. In fact, we rank 146 globally out of 180 most corrupt nations. Now, you can argue about the merits of those rankings, whether we deserve it or not, but if you and I as Nigerians are being honest, man, we we ourselves are keenly aware. We know and we're tired and exhausted by the realities of corruption in our own in our own land, right? Like from everything from the police force, I mean, think about the protest with SARS recently. Think about everything from the police force to the shipping ports, from our government senate to the guy selling yam on the street or the woman. Um, corruption, just in every aspect of society, unfortunately, corruption seems to have found a retirement home in our land. And, and man, unfortunately, it seems presently that our plethora and our churches and sermons don't seem to be impacting the everyday lives of Nigerians. Now, and don't even get me started on the corruption within the church and how many Nigerian pastors have turned the house of the Lord into a den of robbers. And by the way, if you think I'm being unfair to us as Nigerians, just go on YouTube and type in the word Nigerian pastors and then let's talk. So what in the world is happening in all our churches? How is it that on the surface, when, when researchers survey the explosive growth of Christianity in Nigeria, the church seems to be spiritually vibrant, but up close and personal, it turns out we're not as alive as we seem or inciting societal, uh, societal change. We're not making societal changes as much as we should. Like how can something so pretty look so dead? Well, here's the interesting thing. Um, Jesus Christ made a similar observation of one city in the Bible. In the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 1, Jesus says to the church in the city of Sardis, he says this, he says, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Now, um, the message translation of the Bible actually captures Jesus' words to the Sardians this way. He says, I see right through your work. You have a reputation for vigor and zest, but you're dead. Yeah, like you're, you're stone dead. So, so let, let, is it, <laughs> this is hard. Might this be the same strong worded letter that Jesus is writing to the church in Nigeria today? You know, um, when I read about, you know, a church that's vibrant and alive on the outside, but Jesus says internally it's actually dead. My question is how? 
Like, like how in the world is a church able to maintain a reputation for being alive when it is in fact dead? And, and I ask this because, man, I, I've seen dead things before. I have observed dead things. I've stood graveside next to dead people who have, uh, next to people who've passed on. I've observed the process of animals being killed. I've seen dead things. My, and, and here's one thing I know about dead things. They tend to look dead and stay dead. So once again, how is it that the church of Sardis, which had a great reputation for being alive, was in fact on its last breath? And on the same token, how is it that the church in Nigeria, for all its reputation about being one of the nations with the fastest growing number of Christians, how is it uh, uh, that in reality we are a nation that's rampant with corruption and strife at just about every level of society? So let's get to the heart of this blog, and here it is. Here are four spiritual, or here here are four ways that spiritual death can happen in a church. Or if you have a morbid sense of humor, here are four ways to tell if your church smells like dead people. Number one, spiritual death happens when your faith becomes mechanical. So think about it this way: um, Is your faith simply a spiritual list of things you need to do, a checkoff list you do each week? Um, do you go to church because you are eager to meet with the Lord and spend time with God's people? Or do you go to church each week simply out of obligation because it's something that you're supposed to do? Um, here's another one. When you go to a prayer meeting, whether online or in person, do you find yourself anticipating the end of that prayer meeting? Or, or do you feel a sense of relief when prayer is over? Do you, do you say to yourself, oh, finally, thank God we're done praying. These are indications that your faith is mechanical, by the way. Here's another one. Is your love for God and your passion for Jesus Christ more vibrant when you're in public than when you're at home in private? By the way, your wife and your children can probably answer this question for you, right? Is your faith more vibrant when you're outside, but when you're indoors, it's not really alive? Listen, when you observe the church and Christians in Nigeria, let's ask ourselves this honest question. Does our faith in Jesus seem mechanical or does it seem genuine? Does our loud and passionate Sunday morning faith all across the land have any bearing on our lives Monday to Friday? In other words, when you look at church people in Nigeria, is their vibrant, exciting faith on Sunday the same person? Does it match up with who they are from Monday to Friday? Brothers and sisters, let's judge for ourselves if our faith has become mechanical. Because if it has, then you and I need to heed the words of Jesus in Revelation chapter 2, verse 5, where he says, Return to your first love. Return, therefore, and remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, the first things you did at first when you came to me, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. So the first way that you get spiritually dead is if your faith becomes mechanical. The second way that a church becomes uh, that spiritual death happens is spiritual death happens when your affections for the past is greater than your excitement for the future. Uh, the opposite of that is this, is that spiritual death can happen not only when your affections for the past is greater than your excitement for the future, but also it can happen when you're so focused on prophetic words about your future that you fail to live in Christ-likeness today. You know, it's been my experience here in Nigeria that as Christians, man, we, we struggle with the second one, right? Um, we tend to be so focused on what God's going to do and what's going to happen in the future that we're actually not living for him today. And I think that is often encouraged 
by the men and women in our pulpits leading our churches and ministries. Let me give you a few samplings from promises that have been offered at conferences that I've seen in country. So you'll see conferences that say things like, oh, that are titled, Oh Lord, release my visa. Like that's the name of an actual conference people are offering. Another one is, it's called Praise Wine for 2021. I, I kind of understand what that one means, but here's one. Um, this conference was actually titled this, God, give me spouse or I die. Like, what in the world are these men teaching? Another one is this, Operation Kill Your Enemies. I mean, I, I got a whole list of these ridiculousness, and it's just about this. And listen, I believe that God is a God of promise. I believe that God has many things in store for us. But it if it robs away, if it takes away from us living for him now, then that's a problem. That's how spiritual death happens when we become so focused on what's to come that we don't live for him now. The third way that spiritual death happens is when we spend more time working on our reputation than we do on building godly character. So man, being in country here, here's something I've noticed about us Nigerians, especially in ministry. We love titles. I mean, just take any one of the thousand Christian event posters along any highway that you've seen and you'll be blown away by the number of self-appointed prophets and prophetesses and apostles and father in the lords and and people got titles like senior evangelist honoraries daddy geo supreme leader most high whatever like you know and i have to ask us as nigerians are these titles that we're acquiring these are they getting us any closer to jesus christ like on a more personal level, how much energy are you pouring into people's perception of you versus God's evaluation of you? Think about that church in the city of Sardis in the Bible for a moment. The only way that they could have maintained a reputation of being alive, even though they were dead, is if they were pouring a ton of energy into maintaining their reputation to their neighbors. Did you catch that? In other words, they were more focused on how they were being perceived than they actually were on the gospel mission they should have been about, hence their spiritual death. So here's the problem with pretentious faith. It is only a matter of time, if you're pretending, it is only a matter of time before your true nature reveals itself. You can't hide behind your profile picture forever. Whether in this life or the next, Jesus will expose who you truly are and you will discover that you are truly spiritually dead all along. My prayer is that you don't end up becoming one of the people in the crowd to whom Jesus will someday say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of evil. All right. So lastly, number four, spiritual death happens when church is all about me rather than about them. And when I say them, I'm referring to people in our community, in our region, in our city who don't know Jesus. Jesus hints at this at verse two in Revelation chapter three, when he says to the Sardians, he says to them, for I have found your deeds. I found your works un." finished in the sight of my God. So the implication here is that there was a ministry work to be done inside and outside of the church of Sardis that was not being done. Hence why Jesus says their works were unfinished. Remember, Jesus told his disciples and us that we would be witnesses starting in Jerusalem, where it's closest to us, Judea outside of our city, Samaria outside of our country and the ends of the earth further on. You see, the idea is that the gospel should start locally, then spread out to the outskirts of our city, then our state, then throughout the land, and ultimately overseas. However, it's been my experience that most of our churches in Nigeria never go beyond our immediate Jerusalem. In fact, that's why there's such a large concentration of churches in every municipality in most towns, especially in the south of Nigeria. 
In fact, I also suspect that this is why the southern part of Nigeria is mostly Christian while the north remains mostly Muslim. Listen, the Church of Jesus Christ needs to return to its missionary mandate. I understand that there is a, you know, I understand there's a complicated long history of ethnic conflict between Muslims and Christians, but Jesus has not changed or rewritten the Great Commission to include only people who think like us and speak the same language we do. And listen, Jesus is not going to come down to evangelize the north of Nigeria or the unreached people in our town. He's already put you, he's put his spirit in you and has commissioned you to go make disciples. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. The church of Jesus Christ will experience a spiritual awakening and become undead when it starts thinking beyond its four walls or its own denominations and we start sponsoring and sending out missionaries into our nation as the early church did. The Lord Jesus is calling out to the church in Nigeria today. Awake, O sleeper. Rise up from the dead and Christ will give you light. So once again, brothers and sisters, forewarning signs that um, our church may uh, be spiritually dead. One is this. Remember, spiritual death happens when your faith becomes mechanical. Number two. There's number two. I just lost that here. Number two is that spiritual death happens when your affections for the past is greater than your excitement for the future. And then number three is that spiritual death happens when we spend more time working on our reputation than we do on building godly character. And number four, spiritual death happens when church is all about me rather than all about them. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that the Lord would awaken our hearts and stir up uh, our love for him in a greater way and that we would be witnesses of Jesus Christ wherever we go. God bless you.